passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. How do you feel great on vacation? Like really good? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sand beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll immerse yourself in natural wonder and find your center on an island where things move at your speed. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Welcome to the PowerCat Podcast, GoPowerCat.com's Kansas State Athletics Show. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, from the GPC studios, here's your host, GoPowerCat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to another edition of the PowerCat Podcast. I think you're going to get two this week because you've been good boys and girls. Well, and plus, we got a lot to talk about. Today's podcast with myself, Tim Fitzgerald, Zach Carlson, and Cole Carmody will focus on football and a few other topics. I got you, Pickles. I got you. I see what you're after here. And then we will turn around and do a basketball podcast in the next day or two. Day. It's already Wednesday. Having a football press conference on Wednesday, Colt Carmody, has thrown me off my game. Those are usually on Tuesday, but in the spring, because of that schedule, they're on Wednesday. I'm, I'm, I'm very confused. But I'm not confused about our sponsor. It's the Fridge Wholesale Liquor. Get into the fridge whenever you're in Manhattan. You might be coming to um, some baseball games. Stop by the fridge. This weekend. What do they got this weekend? West Virginia, number 24 in the country. Really? Huh. Be a good series. Is the, is the Mountaineer coming? I want to drink with the Mountaineer. It, I could, he looks like a baseball guy. He, he, he looks like a NASCAR guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so get into the fridge. Been great, loyal supporters of this podcast. God knows why. I don't know what they see in us, but they like us. They really do. Make sure you're known at the fridge and popular at the fridge before they put in that front parking lot swimming pool. Because you're not going to get a cabana if you're not a regular. I don't know that they're actually going to do that. Stop into the fridge. Thanks for supporting us. Guys, um, I'm, I'm having problems making the shift to football, Zach. You, you just flew back from New York. Yes. You are in baseball mode. Personally, and with opening day tomorrow, your mind is probably all over that. <laughs> yes. I'm in, can I sit on my ass mode, which I'm really good at. I don't mean to brag about my ability to sit around and do nothing, but I'm really flipping good. But they are practicing football. 
and it sneaks up. And it's weird because they don't have a spring game. And I don't mean weird um, in the fact that it's weird not to have one. It kind of cuts out in like a almost a buildup to the spring game. It's just practice. It's just practices now, which is what it's supposed to be. Yeah. Spring games are weird. But we're going to take your questions now from Wabash Station. Cole Carmody or Zach Carlson. Who's reading? Cole, Cole Carmody's reading. Yes, I am. So you're going to read and be uh, like a participant in the conversation. I think that's how this works. Okay. Remember, this is how it works. You have to be a subscriber to go Powercat to ask the questions. And then you can just be a, well, let's say it a commoner, and listen, like all the other folks. But to ask the questions, you got to be a VIP at GPC at Wabash Station. Take it away, Cole. First question comes from Call Cat Fan. Will Howard's... Um, is this uh, Call Hall Cat Fan no. or Colorado, like yes. C-O-L? Where they brew Yingling now. National shortages, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> yes. Yes, Kansas, Oklahoma, and Missouri have sapped them clean. Wow. There we go. This is called Cat Fan's fault. Um, he says, Will Howard's improvement has been amazing. Does he compare with other quarterbacks in the Big 12 for next fall? Or excuse me, how does he compare with other Big 12 quarterbacks next fall? What areas does he need to work on to reach the next level? I'm kind of tired of hearing about the quarterbacks at Oklahoma and Texas. Did you see this list, by the way? Did you guys see this list that was on Twitter? I don't know and who There's a was. bunch of lists. There's, and and a bunch every of list has him way down. Nobody, yeah. yeah. No list has Will Howard anywhere close to I top five. I just won a Big 12 title. He's got to be in the top three. I think he could be in the top two. I think he'd be in the top one. Mm-hmm. No, seriously. Who? Look, I'd take him over Dylan Gabriel. Oh, yeah. Yours, yeah, he's had his moments, but I also saw some really shaky play from him at times. Will had some interceptions, but I don't think he had really bad stretches. I don't get it. That's fine. That's fine. Just play the underdog. And I think you look at the quarterbacks that are coming into the Big 12, too. There's nobody that is better than Will Howard. Nobody, you know, I, Houston's quarterback is Donovan Smith, and we saw him at Texas Tech, and, I mean, he was less than yeah. desirable. So, yeah, I mean, really, you're talking Quinn Ewers, Quinn Ewers and, what, Dylan Gabriel and Daniels from K- from Kansas? Is that I, I your would, top four? I think the top two quarterbacks are Daniels and Howard, if you ask me. I think so, too. I think Jalen Daniels is a hell of a quarterback. Quinn Ewers is overrated. I, oh, absolutely he is. I, I believe if you were to go on FanDuel or DraftKings or Caesars or wherever your preferred sports book is today and look at quarterbacks in the Big 12 that are favored to win the Heisman, I believe Quinn Ewers is number one. Don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty well, sure it's Quinn Ewers. That's trying to sucker Texas fans into yeah. betting. Suckers. I'm much rather have the big gods, though. I got some money on Will Howard. I know that ain't going to pay off. I mean, to be in the Heisman talk... Out of Kansas State, you got to be twelve and zero. You got to do what they did for Max Duggan mm-hmm. at TCU. But no, I he, he continues to get better. My question to Colin Klein at Wednesday's press conference, I said Tuesday at Wednesday's press conference was: Is there a point of too big? And he kind of said, "Yeah, he he really wants him to lean out." You know, and that's what I've heard before. I need to lean out, but I don't think of Will as fat, but maybe he's Carrying some still baby fat, that layer there. That Pennsylvania coat where you got to have it for the winters, you know, because. Like his brother. Right. I mean, look, um, I don't I don't know if they've come very far since the Revolutionary War, but it gets really cold out there. 
And the winters are, are brutal, so you got to have that layer of fat. Zach, you are a Will Howard defender, a noted yes, Will Howard defender. Absolutely. When Will Howard was, I don't want to say struggling, but he was still trying to find his own, he leaned on the run game, the quarterback run game. That's how he made plays. Now, obviously, last year he made plays through the air. We didn't see much of the run game. My question for you is this. Can he still run at the size he's at now? Not as well as he could. I think he'd be okay. Because <laughs> they didn't do it last year, and I think that was because they knew that they didn't have a guy behind Will. Yeah, I think it was more of a safety thing than a strategy thing. But they probably think that they have one or two guys that can come into the game and maybe not be at that high level but still run the offense successfully. Listen, I'm just going to say it. If Jake Rubley can't come in, as a third-year player in the program and successfully manage the offense, then he's never going to play at K-State. If you can't do it when it's your third year, you won't play here. I'm sorry. It just doesn't work like that. Guys are going to pass you up. Yep. So I think in order for him to get better, they're going to have to run the ball a little bit more with him. But, I mean, I just – I don't know. I, th- I kind of agree with you guys. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think Will Howard needs to run the ball more this year, and maybe some of that weight will help from a safety standpoint, you know, being a little bigger – Maybe guys are less. That's a good point. A little more reluctant to hit you hard and, and try taking you out, and he can absorb some of it. But yeah, if, from a mobility standpoint, you'd probably want him to be a little bit lighter. But at the same time, he didn't really have to use his legs last year. One because they're trying to protect him. Two, when he was when Adrian Martinez was healthy, he was the legs guy. So it's just a little bit of a different situation. It'll probably be a little more similar to 2021. Mm-hmm. From a from a usage standpoint. Did you guys see that video that the K-State football social media team put out when it was R.J. Garcia was like interviewing Will Howard? It was amazing. It was amazing. And I don't know if you caught this, but they said who would win in an Oklahoma drill in their primes, you or your offensive coordinator? And and Will Howard said that he would be able to truck Colin Klein in Colin Klein's prime, but he wouldn't be able to tackle Colin Klein in Colin Klein's prime. I, I got it. Uh, Will, you, you're going to lose. Both both things. I think both things. Colin would be able to get him. He's the honey freaking badger. He's the Colin Klein. You're not going to. You're not going to do that. Now, by the way, RJ, I want to do a podcast with you. Oh my god, that kid is. He's built for it, Zach. I'm telling you, he's built for it. Built for podcasting. podcasting? Yeah. <laughs> Very entertaining. I got a lot of Between Two Ferns vibes from that interview. It was great. It was awesome. Yeah. It was really good. Next question comes from AmeriCat. K-State won the Big 12 last year and will have a preseason top 25 ranking. Let me preface this by saying we think. We're not sold on that just because Mm -hmm. we know how this goes. Um, He says, does this year's team need to operate with an underdog mentality to win, or can they elevate to a proving we belong here mentality and find success? Oh, I don't know. Um it is an interesting shift the program needs to make. If it wants to command a conference, it has to be willing to be hunted. And it hasn't worked out. It didn't work out for Baylor or Oklahoma State last year. And that's really my question is being the underdog or the favorite, can you convert this into back-to-back seasons? But, you know, K-State will always thrive on being the underdog because, again, the Will Howard quarterback rankings that we see from everyone are exactly it. Oh, that's Kansas State. Let's put them down here. I don't know what that is. And I think it will end. This is the last year of it. So enjoy it while it lasts. Where, you know, the Texas people just immediately move K-State down. I think 
I think you have a coach who is used to being the hunted. Let's not forget that Chris Kleiman is used to being the team that is circled on the calendar every single Saturday. We are going to play them. We're going to play our best. We're going to beat them. Guess what? It didn't happen when he was at North Dakota State. They won every single flipping game. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know if that happens this year, but I think we're getting pretty close to that because at the end of the season, it really felt like K-State, they came into each game knowing we are better than you and we're going to beat you. That was the vibe I got from those guys. I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but that was the vibe that I got from that team last year is they knew we might be the underdogs, but we're better than you. We're going to physically manhandle you, and we're going to beat you. I didn't feel like they talked about being the underdog going in that TCU game. I, no. They didn't. They, they knew that they were just as good, if not better than them. So I think that, that mentality is starting to shift. And, you know, a few games into the season, we'll have a pretty good idea. But, yeah, I mean – even if they are ranked in the top 25. I mean, it's easy it's for it's easy for the fans, it's easy for the media to perceive K-State as this underdog. When you look at the preseason rankings, they're not going to be number 1 unless if they're number 1 in the preseason poll, I would be shocked. Big 12. Yeah, Big 12. Yeah. Big 12. <laughs> not, yeah. Not the top 25 <laughs> here. If they're even in the top 20, I'd be impressed mm-hmm. right now. Me I too. think I think they're going to be barely scraping in or potentially left out. I just that's how it always goes with K-State. There's always kind of that slight disrespect that, you know, the teams in the past have kind of played into, you know, hungry to prove everybody wrong. But I think that while that perception on the outside will still exist and carry on, I think inside the program, kind of like what you mentioned, Chris Kleiman's used to being hunted. And I think that these guys see themselves as the ones that are being hunted. I, I think that there's this instinct with these guys now that say, hey, you know, we don't need to, you know, I don't want to say not try, but we're going to, we're defending. We're not attacking, they know, so to speak. They know they're good. Right. They know they're good. They know they can win any given Saturday. They know they can win this conference. They know they can play in a New Year's Six Bowl game. I think that that level of standard exists within the program, and that is the expectation. And who cares what fans or the media think about K-State football? I think the big shift for Kansas State needs to be along the lines, and maybe they're going to complete that this year with the offensive line being so experienced. But to walk into a game to feel like you're going to win every game, it's not about – that was nice. That was really loud. That was impressive. It's time to eat. Yeah. Uh, They have the skill players to compete, but do they have the confidence to walk into any game and say, our offensive and defensive lines are going to kick your ass? We're going to win this game. Even if you take away this guy or that guy – we're going to we're going to be the stronger, more physical team. And when you get that mentality, then which North Dakota State had, then you can be the favorite and be very comfortable with it because you're confident in your capacity to dominate a game. They had that in the offensive line last season. I to a degree, to yeah. a degree. I think they're going to have that for sure yeah. in full this season. We'll see. Next question comes from Eric Eric Black DV. In football next season, do you think K-State has a little bit of an advantage by not having OU, BYU, and Cincinnati on the schedule, plus having UCF and playing, or excuse me, plus having UCF and Houston playing at K-State? I don't know about the two newcomers. I think they'll both, BYU, BYU knows how to compete at a high level. Cincinnati is recycling. It's the coaching thing. I think they made a bad hire, but we'll, we'll see. Maybe I'm wrong on that. Um the benefit is not is skipping OU. 
because they were supposed to come to Manhattan. If the game been in Manhattan, they typically win that one or often. It's just they have problems with K-State in in Norman. And like I said, if you look at the K-State schedule, they got TCU in Texas with, I believe, with Houston in between. Now you put OU in there instead of Houston, you start to understand how tough this is. Yeah, I think it's cool that they got two of the newcomers coming in. I'm disappointed that fans don't get to go to one of the new places. I mean, I think going to BYU would be kind of cool. It's rather scenic out there. It's hard to find a good caffeinated drink, but it's very beautiful. From a win and losses standpoint, though, yes. I mean, the answer to this question is yes. Yeah. You don't have to play a team full of five-star recruits, and you're playing a UCF and a Houston team that on a regular basis gets three-star recruits. So if you're looking from a talent standpoint, what what's this measure, Zach? You might know this. What's the overall team player ranking system on 24-7? They have like a, a talent rating. Blue chip ratio. Is that what it is? Blue chip ratio. And it ranks your talent from a starred standpoint of the talent that's on the roster. In K-State last year was like in the 50s, in the 60s maybe. OU is consistently in the top 10. Houston and UCF are going to be below K-State in that. So if you're looking from a strictly a talent standpoint, yeah. I mean, the answer to this question is yes. And Fitz, when we first broke down the schedule and we did our Twitter space, K-State does not have to play Oklahoma and is playing Houston instead of them. They do not have to play West Virginia. Yeah. Correct. And they're playing UCF instead. Again, a West Virginia team who consistently recruits Neil Brown can recruits at a high level. I mean, say what you want to say. They've been bad, but theoretically, those are two wins you got to have. No, 100% no questions asked. No, I agree. Totally agree. Yeah, I feel like pretty much everything is you, you got to go at least seven and two. You do. So, I mean, I think looking at games right now and saying, oh, you got to win this one or you got to can't lose this one. I mean, it's kind of a given at this point. I mean, there's every game on the schedule, I think, is winnable for K-State. And, you know, not having OU definitely helps a lot. But at the same time, I think it's kind of a moot point this early just to sit in circle. Yeah, yeah. Sit in circle games, you know. I think that K-State got a very favorable draw with the schedule and you should have high expectations, but going through at the moment right now and just saying, oh, here's the win, here's the loss, a little tough to do. I, I, I wish K-State was on the road too, Fitz. I'm kind of with you. I kind of changed my tone on that. It would have been really cool to kick off the new Big 12 by going somewhere and playing. They're just, there's no places for fans to really get excited this year. I mean, I'm disappointed they Texas? didn't do a week zero or a week one matchup between yeah. a, new, a new, like what they did with K-State and Texas Tech to start the Big 12. Mm -hmm. They should have put something end of August, first weekend of September, should have been one of the old school, one of, really one of the Big 8 schools that isn't leaving the conference mm -hmm. and put them against one of the new schools hosted it and, and the new school hosting. Go play should in, have done it. Go play in Ireland, like Northwestern. How about no. no? That has to be a nightmare to cover in media. Could you imagine? Uh, no, I can't imagine. I I barely could afford New York, let alone another flight after that. Go to some pubs, though. Oh, I wouldn't come back. <laughs> Fitzgerald, the homeland. Be, Tim mm -hmm. Fitzgerald would be would be with his people. Mm -hmm. That's Everybody. all. That's all that the DDs would be. It's Fitz loves Ireland. Fitz loves Dublin, and that's all the content. Yeah, and he's and, just interviewing himself. You know, like uh, when the king walks among the people, and everyone wants to touch the king. That would be me in Ireland.
They just won't touch me. Fair enough. Uh, Last question of the first half comes from Wildcat Tad 3. Who is your preseason favorite to win the league? I would think K-State, given Will Howard is back with so many starters and our schedule, so many returning starters and our schedule. Okay. Well, first of all, you're way ahead of me in, in researching this. I mean, I haven't invested in looking at all the other schools. Kansas State is the defending Big 12 champion. And I am a believer that unless you take a significant step backwards, if you return an adequate amount of players, you should probably be the favorite. I probably would list K-State as the favorite. Deuce Vaughn's gone. Well, yeah, they got some other dudes. I mean, it was interesting talking to Brian Anderson today, this being Wednesday, and he talked about how it kind of allows them to do some other things. It can be more physical with the run game. You know, that this is this is what happens. You lose a star player. Okay, well, all we've done in the past, much of, much of it is gone. How can we replicate what works with DJ Giddens and, and Ward? Mm-hmm. And what else can we do now? And he immediately thought they're going to be better inside the, between the tackles. I would agree with that. So I think if you look at Daniel Green coming back, you look at the offensive line coming back, I would have a hard time picking someone over K-State. I know Tech's the hot pick, but come on. I don't Not no. to win the league. Well, that's another quarterback. What, Show there? Tyler Shook, yeah. Yeah, Shook. I know. I, I, his name makes no sense. No. How it's pronounced. It's spelled Shuh or Show. Yeah. yeah. Tyler Shook. I look, he's good, but I need more. We had plenty of Will Howard to understand how good he is. So I would probably indeed pick K-State to be the top team until proven otherwise. Texas is going to be picked to win the league. Of course it will. There is no doubt in my mind. And again, let me remind people, it isn't because most of the media thinks Texas is going to be good. It's just there is a heavy supply of voters from the Dallas to Austin corridor who might lean into Texas more than other schools. I think Oklahoma's going to be better. I refuse to believe Brent Venables is going to have another season like he did. Is it fair to say K-State could... This is my prediction. I'm with you. I think that they haven't proven that they should not be picked to win the league. If you want to say TCU and they made the national championship game, I can listen to that. But again, they have to replace their Heisman quarterback, their Heisman finalist quarterback. We know that's not easy to do. That was another list. I saw Chad Morris above. Oh, yeah. Will Howard. What the hell? Seriously? (laughs) Yeah, it just is beyond belief. But I think you'll have a Texas... Oklahoma, TCU, top three in any given order, and K-State will be picked fourth to finish fourth in the league, which I would have to look, but there's surely there's no team in the last 10 years that's won the league and been picked to finish fourth the following year. That would be, if that does happen, that would be something to look up. I know. There's the underdog. I would, I would bet K-State was picked lower than that in any, after any of their championships. After 2012? After 2003. 2012, I would take fourth or lower. And that was when there I'd was 12 teams in the It's always the perception. Uh, K-State loaded years. up and got lucky. Mm-hmm. And it's okay. Good. You know, go with that. That's it for the first half of this edition of the Power Cap Podcast. On the other side, we'll continue this discussion of Kansas State football. This is the football edition. Tomorrow we record, or today as you're listening to this, the basketball edition but we got a couple other, you know, kind of wild card topics at the end. Yeah, Pickles. Go ahead, Pickles. Let's break the rules. 
GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat podcast continues after this short break. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back to the Power Cat Podcast. Now, let's return to the GPC Studios. Welcome back to this edition of the Power Cat Questions Podcast, brought to you by Fridge Wholesale Liquor, Tim Fitzgerald, Zach Carlson, and Cole Carmody. And I've lied to you, and I don't mean to lie to you. I'm just an idiot. So apparently we didn't have a lot of football questions. So this half, while not dealing with basketball, will not necessarily be football like the first half of this podcast. That's the way it goes. They don't let me in on this stuff because I'm dangerous when I have proper information. I'm better just being ignorant and tripping through life. It's the truth. Again, we're sponsored by the Fridge Wholesale Liquor. If there's one thing I'm not ignorant and tripping through life about, it's where I buy my beer and liquor and party fare. Party fare? that work? And if I smoked a cigar, that too. At the Fridge Wholesale Liquor at the corner of this and that in the town in which we live. And if you don't know where that is, look it up on the Google machine. Because I never get Claflin and Westport roads right. Yep, I, I even stopped. You, you, stopped. you got it. You got it. So just 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 go to the fridge. Say hi to Kevin. Hug Mike. He's so lonely. He dresses as an elf. He's still dressed as an elf. He did it for the Christmas promotions, and now they can't stop him. And it's it's okay. It's it's Mike. On with your questions from Wildbatch Station. Cole Carmody, speak to me. First question of the second half comes from Itain BB. He says, "I don't know if this is the first time Curry Sexton has popped up in Wabash Station or not." Do we have any more ex-student-athletes quietly living in Wabash Station? Yep, we do. We got parents. We got, yep. But they want to be anonymous. Curry outed himself. That's fine. In fact, Zach didn't even know that was Curry. I didn't realize, the, I didn't realize that was Curry. There's probably a lot of people that a lot were of in that thread that, first of all, had really didn't know. Like, I, I would imagine that there was a lot of people in that thread that just thought this was somebody involved with the program. Um but yeah, I thought that was really cool. That really thankful that he he popped up and kind of explained. A little Did bit he verify himself? Did he put up a picture saying yes? I'm move that, James. He, uh, well, Did he do it AMA? I, I, Did he do it Reddit our, AMA style? I, I think our subscribers will trust us to say that ain't him. If that happened, um, do you double check? Yeah, I, I knew it was okay. Him. Um, if you don't know, Curry Sexton is head of Wildcat NIL and one of them, and he held a spontaneous NIL Q&A on our message boards, on our VIP message boards. And it's really interesting stuff about how K-State's doing okay, <clears throat> but lacking behind, in, in behind Kansas, behind Texas Tech, behind peer institutions with which they should be competing, as opposed to us as a fan base, if you're K-Stater, looking at Michigan or Texas or, you know, that ain't happening, folks. This is a different... Different level. You got to be uh, competitive in your neighbor. It's like home values. You, you you're not comparing your house to the mansions, but you should compare it to the ones on your block or your neighborhood. So, 
that's where he's at with that. It was interesting stuff. And I'm not going to out a lot of it because it was for our VIP, VIP customers. It's, it's really worth a read. Like if you, and if you want to find a way to get involved in it too, he talks about that, talks about that on there too. Um, yeah, I thought that was really cool. And again, I mean, it's just now this whole NIO world, I mean, now the government's wanting to get involved, and and who knows how this is going to end. I don't know if you guys saw this. Charles Barkley, the the NCAA president, was on prior to one of the games. I believe it was a Sweet 16 game, yeah. talking about NIL, and Charles Barkley just went off. If you haven't, That's awesome. go go look at the clip. I mean, basically, the, the new NCAA uh, boss said, you know, we need Congress to help, and Charles Barkley correctly says, you want who to help? Yeah. They're a bunch of crooks. Yeah. I mean, it was really interesting. And he's right in the fact that, they have so much on their plate right now, whether it's actual tangible stuff or worrying about TikTok. Mm-hmm. Um, let's let them worry about that. This needs to be sorted out by the NCAA, the schools. Uh, I, I don't know how they will. Wouldn't I, it be nice if there was like a governing body that it was just like a national like of collection of yeah. collegiate athletics that could just, you know, bring everybody together and, and, and then, make rules that people follow. But, you know, when they don't follow the rules, they punish them in a timely manner. You know how cool that would be if there I was think, like some governing body that did that? I think it'd be cool if like a bunch of student athletes went like and had like a dinner somewhere, but they didn't pay and then they get in trouble and can't play until they pay the five bucks back. Yeah, I, I think that'd be cool there is, too. They are so far polarized on the ends of this. The NCAA mishandled this. They are pouting because they got overruled in court, correctly so, uh, and they missed their opportunity to take control of it again. They just said, "We lose. You guys figure it out." I mean, they were like impotent children. Impotent. That was not the word I was looking for. Incompetent. No, like <sighs> poor behaved. Children. Yeah, you tried. You... My God, what happened to this podcast? <laughs> I don't even know what that word Petulant means. Petulant children. I don't know what that means either. <laughs> That's what I was going for. Jeez, impotent. <laughs> yeah. Do you have impotent children? <laughs> I, I still don't know what that means. But you know, we're just, are we moving on to the next question? Yeah, what's funny is just Cole doesn't know, and he keeps saying he doesn't know. <laughs> is that what that means? Well, oh, let's, just, let's just move on. Uh, but anyhow, they're like petulant children. They just didn't get their way, so they're just sitting in the corner. I don't know how. I mean, they do need some kind of national guardrails. But then again, uh, you can't pass a law restricting people from making a living if, if, as long as it's legal. I don't understand. Yeah. Yeah, you, he looked it up. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. But it says it's there is a, unable to take effective action. That is actually a Yeah, word. but that wasn't the word uh, I was looking yeah. for. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, let's let's move on. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, seamless transition from 3G Wildcat. Uh, Is this the type of year we should start expecting out of K State athletics? Wow, that's a lot to say. I mean, Elite Eight and Year Six Championship. This is a historical year, so. <clears throat> but I, I do think. How do I do this without sounding like I'm attacking a former coach? I do think a lot of people in the past have convinced UK State can't expect to do it on a regular basis. And that's not true. And we've learned that. It's not true. I I think K-State can be very competitive in the sports with which um, it competes in terms of funding. But there's also realities to it. I mean, they're never going to be great in baseball. They'll be good at best. Um, I don't know about soccer. I don't know about that landscape enough, but um, tennis is a non-factor. 
volleyball could be a factor. <clears throat> In fact, I, I remember my, I was thinking about my series of daily deliveries from last year when I was in Colorado, cause we're going, um, or was that Colorado? I did that. Breckenridge, right? Yeah, I did Breck. Yeah. yeah I also did the North. Dakota. You've done yeah, yeah. South okay. Dakota. Yeah. We're going eastward this year, um, to Asheville and Hilton Head. And so I've got to come up with a theme, but you know, last year I talked about what sport can K-State fund that it could become a national power in it. And I went with volleyball and now with the new coach and the new arena, um, that's getting close to opening up here in I think early summer, <clears throat> they could, it could be volleyball, but, um, I, I think we all agree and this will make some people mad that when push comes to shove, the money should go into football and men's basketball. It's what pays the bills. It's what drives the contracts that funds the department at a high level, at a Big 12 level. Is it power two, SEC, Big 10 money? No, but stop and think about this. Kansas State is very fiscally responsible in that it only sponsors the minimum number of sports, which I think is, you know, the track thing kind of annoys me. We got indoor track. We got outdoor track. We got cross country. Men's six sports six. are running related. And you know how I feel about running. You love it. Uh, You're, you you secretly love it. My favorite running is Mitch running, which is an old K-State football joke. Um, so I think we've seen now from what we've um, <clears throat> experienced with the football coaching staff and the basketball coaching staff they need to keep them together. They need to fund that, their salaries. They need to make sure they're competitive there. And other than that, I'm, you know, do do your best. But when we start, I saw this really interesting thing on, uh, this is kind of on and off, on Twitter today from, God, what conference was it? It was one of the small conferences. Division One, but small. I'm totally America East. That was you again? Sorry. That is amazing. We should just mic that thing up. Mic my stomach. We should just take the extra mic since Gilbert isn't here and aim it at your stomach. And then mm-hmm. just get in the middle of the podcast and go, <laughs> like an angry beast. <laughs> um, that there is a push to pay student-athletes to actually make them In employees. the conference. In the nation. Oh. With Congress. you got to start paying them. And the commissioner for this conference said, well, we won't sponsor sports. Our members simply can't do that. We're not, we don't have the budget to do that. We're already paying to sponsor sports, let alone paying student athletes. Now, I, I agree with that. And I think we'll see more, more athletic departments say, well, okay, we got to pay our athletes now. See a swimming, see a wrestling, see a gymnastics, see a jack stomach, which demands a lot of, uh, <laughs> input and uh, start cutting these sports. You think title nine was bad for men's sports? Paying student athletes will be bad for all sports, but it will be worse for the women because, and I don't understand the law. I am told emphatically once they become employees, they no longer have the same title nine protections and you don't have to offer the same number of athletic opportunities. I don't know. I don't know how that's good for women's sports. So let's not let's not do that then. I don't think they should, but I mean if, if that's where it's going then that's the world in which we live. And maybe we're go- we're looking at a future world where th- the opportunities will be limited to football, basketball, baseball, softball, volleyball. What am I missing here? Women's basketball? Women's basketball, yes. Maybe it'll come down to like six sports at every university. 
the main ones, and then everything else will be a club sport. Mm-hmm. I, don't know. I wonder what the math is, though, because NCAA limits you to 20 hours per week as a student athlete. Mm-hmm. If you're paying the minimum wage, what is that, 150 bucks roughly a week per athlete? It's not a ton of money. I'm not saying it's fiscally responsible to try paying everyone 20 hours a week at minimum wage. Until but, until faculty members get cut. I don't think it I don't think it matters. I don't think it's as big of a deal if you look at it that way. I think that, you know, if you want to get down to the actual math and the logistics, yeah, it gets tricky. But but, but, but once you once you require student athletes to be paid as if they're employees, the NCAA's gotta get rid of their minimum sport rule. You can't expect them to sponsor that many sports and that expect them to pay. I think that'll that go away and then Title IX goes away, at least from from the sports aspect. You can't expect, you can't say, oh, you got to pay them and you got to pay everyone else too. Like, if you're going to treat collegiate athletics as a business, you can't treat it as academics anymore. It's not Title IX anymore. If it's a business, you're treating it like a business. And if they're employees, you're employees. That's what it is at the end of the day. Agree. Totally. Hopefully we answered your question, 3G Wildcat. I don't know what we did. Yeah. That was, is this the type of year we should expecting out of KC <laughs> Sports? Is that, what, yeah. is that what the question was? Yeah. Uh, yes. I'll say yes. No. K-State, at this point, and I was going to say this once we, <laughs> once we went on our tangent, but the facilities thing with K-State, everything's up to standard. I think all sports, I don't think there's any sport starting at the beginning of next year that has a deficiency in facilities. We're at the point in an era in K-State, there's no excuses for being bad. There are no more excuses for being bad. That goes to golf, that goes to soccer, that goes to baseball. You have the Olympic training facility. You have a volleyball arena. These smaller sports, there shouldn't be any excuses for poor performance because if other schools can do it, it's not like these sports cost a ton of money. You don't need to pay a, a coach millions of dollars a year to win tennis matches. You know, you can find the athletes anywhere in the world, anywhere in the country to see success at K-State. I, I truly believe that. But when you have a guy like Jerome Tang, you have a guy like Chris Kleiman, they are winners and they are going to, they, they are the, the focal points of the, athletic department, football and basketball, men's basketball, two most important sports. Jerome Tang proved it this year. I'm going to get you to the NCAA tournament. Once you get to the NCAA tournament, all bets are off. He can, he can take, he can take K-State to a final four in a national championship. I truly believe that. And I truly believe that about Chris Kleiman. So I think that the bar was raised significantly this year, especially in basketball, because getting the NCAA tournament was a, you know, it, it was. I, won't, I don't want to say it was a long shot, but I certainly did not expect KC to make the NCAA tournament this year, and not as emphatically as they did this year. So I think that yes, they may have. They may have shot for the moon. They may have shot overshot what their expectations were at the beginning of the year. But K State absolutely can be in the realm that they're in from this last season, and they can certainly stay there. You know what happens when you shoot for the moon? Sometimes you get too much cheese. Even if you fail, you still land amongst the stars. Oh, that's good. That's I'm okay. Hey, I would like though if K State's going to sponsor sports, be competitive in those sports. 
demand being competitive in those sports. Again, let's find sports at which K-State can be competitive and sponsor those sports. Let's find sports in which K-State can recruit local area players and be competitive in those sports. That's what I'd like from the athletic department beyond the big main sports. Very good. Next question comes from I Like Pickles Cat. He said, what's up with baseball this year? And Fitz, would you like to explain what he said before well, this question? Well, look, I said you can ask one question about football and one question about basketball. And Pickles said, I don't need these rules and ask a baseball question. And I think that pretty much sums up why Pickles and I get along. He's a rule breaker. So am I. Like, I've got new tattoos. I don't know if you know that. Did you know I got tattooed? Hmm. Got some, oh, man, they're fresh. Not real. They're real tattoos. It's, it's henna. It's not henna. I will show you my tattoos after this podcast. You're going to go, wow. I believe it. I start radiation next week. So I believe it. They yeah. tattoo little dots as targets. So I like it. they look like freckles. They literally make them in brown, so they look like a freckle. Oh, so it is permanent. It isn't mm-hmm. just a little. No, it's permanent. Okay. okay. Permanent. I actually asked them to write in really small lettering, I love mom. And they poked me three times and said, done. And I don't think they did it. I feel like they... Pickles, I'll answer your question about baseball. Yeah, go ahead. You answer baseball. K-State is 18 and 9. Okay. They're 4 and 2 in the conference. They swept Oklahoma for the first time since 1998. I remember it well. Uh, this is their first 4 and 2 start in conference oh since God. 2010. Let that soak in. I'm assuming wow. they've been 5 and 1 since then. Who did they open with? Why am I bringing that off? They opened with Baylor on the road, who is one of the worst... They went one and two against Baylor. Power five. Didn't they teams. win the first game? They did. They dropped the, the uh, they dropped the other two. They swept Oklahoma. And I can't explain that. They play West Virginia this weekend. Uh, again, the the home stats. I, I'd have to go back in and look at look at it. But it was like Pete Hughes has a ridiculous home winning percentage in his time at K State. They're eleven and one at home this year. That is remarkable. They're seven and five on the road and zero and three at a neutral site. They split with um, Air Force this week again. Um, I don't I sure it's hard to win every single game in baseball like especially during the midweek they found a way to win one game on the road that's fine. But they play West Virginia who's number 23 in the country in Manhattan this weekend. 6 o'clock game on Friday, 4 o'clock on Saturday, 1 o'clock Sunday. It's going to be a good series and I mean if they find a way to win that series this might be an NCAA tournament team. What's crazy, and we talk about, you know, KC needs to be competitive in these sports. You guys realize they've only ever made the NCAA tournament four times I'm in school history. I'm very aware of that. Well, and, you know, before Twenton Stadium, it was, they just weren't committed to it at all. I mean, they had a high school stadium at best, no locker room. So, yeah. I mean, they're not bad this year. I'll say that. Yeah. I have a chance to compete, which is, again, if you give yourself a chance, like, at the end of the day, they could be 0-6 or 1-5. I think Kansas is 0-6 under the new Fitzgerald regime. Oh, you can't trust a guy with that name. You just can't. They're sketchy. So the program, I think, is trending up right now for K-State, which we've seen that before, but we'll see how it goes uh, to finish off the season. Okay. I agree. That Everything Cole said was what I was going to say, so now I don't need to say it. The last question of the podcast comes from El Camino Cat. Let me just say right now, if you don't want to hear about conference expansion and realignment, go ahead and call it a day because that's where we're going. He says, is conference realignment losing steam or gaining steam as the Pac-12 media deal continues and continues to be delayed? I think it's 
losing steam in the fact that it's all incumbent now on the Pac-12 just announcing that it has an offer. Because according to some reports, they have an offer. They just don't want to say what that offer is because they know it'll lead to their demise. The most frustrating thing about all of this is how the Pac-12 has decided the Big 12 is trying to break them up, which is not what's happening. The Big 12 is looking at what's going to happen to the Pac-12 that they can't understand or grasp and saying, hey, we will probably offer three or four of your institutions a life raft. It's like uh, blaming the sinking of the Titanic not on the iceberg, but on the lifeboats in the water. If we didn't have those in the water, then we'd probably be fine. It's just one of the most bizarre things. So um, I listened to part of the Marshan Orand podcast, which is great nerdy business sports stuff. And they had on, what's his first name, Khan from the WWE, who's in all of these negotiations for their rights coming up. And he was talking about the timing of it. And they asked him about the Pac-12. And he said, I I feel bad for him. And then he just went off about how awesome Brett Yormark is. It was really interesting. This is someone who has absolutely no skin in the game, but a great understanding of what's going on in the streaming and just the general media rights world. And he, he says, I don't know how the Pac-12 is going to – there's just no one out there that's going to buy this. And if you get enough money, you won't have enough visibility because too much of it will be streaming. And if you don't – if you get enough that's not streaming, then you're not going to have enough money. And that's what we've been saying. That's all we've ever been saying. So now it's just kind of like, okay, now we'll just wait for you to realize you're dead and then we'll get back to this. Again, I just keep thinking that Silent George, the Pac-12 commissioner, is just praying Arizona and Colorado leave the Pac-12 for the Big 12, and it tanks the conference. So he's not to blame. The big, bad Big 12's to blame, not the fact that he just completely botched their negotiations. So I, It's going to happen. I, I'll be shocked if the Pac-12... Gets an offer good enough to keep it together, period. Shocked. And the fact that they keep kicking the can down the road means they don't have it. If they had it, they'd show their hands, but they don't. There's, it's not out there. There's not enough slots. There's not enough money. There's not enough anything they need to make this work for them. The Big 12 beat them to the punch. What's his name? Silent George? Silent George. I love Because he's just... <laughs> well, I've heard his name pronounced two different ways, and so I've just said... It's Klavikov or Klavikov. I don't care. I'm just going to call him Silent George because now he's just hiding. He's hiding. He went to he's he went to Las Vegas for their conference tournament and hid. I gotta say, it was funny seeing Brett Yormark underneath in uh, Mass Square Garden. He always looked like he was going somewhere to do something. Like clipboard in his hand, looked like he was on a mission. He looked like. Pac-12 expansion. They're hanging out in the media room with all of us. He was among his people. He was. He was. He was among those New Yorkers. Uh, I want to say this before we end this podcast. You know who the Pac-12 needs their commissioner? Who? They need Kim Mulkey as their commissioner because did you see this? That she put a billboard up in Waco, LSU headed to the Final Four in Dallas. 
and it's just her and LSU headed to the Final Four. Talk about the definition of getting stuff done and and getting people to, hey, they might hate you, but you're oh, getting stuff done. How oh, about that? Oh, believe me, everyone hates that woman. That That is, yes, I'm aware. That's crazy. I thought that was just ridiculously funny. Yeah, well, that, that kind of sums up why people don't like her. So, yeah, they, they'd be better off with her than what they've hired. At the end of the day, they're in trouble because of their own presidents and chancellors are really not understanding the marketplace and do a lousy job of hiring a commissioner and letting them do their job. That's it. It's all coming down to, to the bosses out there, the presidents and chancellors. We're very familiar with one of them. I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll be on it. I'll do a DD about that. I haven't done one in a couple of weeks about that. Maybe a week, maybe three days, maybe, I don't know. I love that topic. I just love it. I love that you're listening to this podcast. So if you're hearing these words right now, type coal rocks into some thread on Wabash Station. That's not necessarily true, but, you know, make coal feel better. That's it. Go away. Thank you for listening to the PowerCat Podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. PowerCat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com. CBS Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. Citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I am playing whatever role I gotta play. I'm gonna play this game full speed. I ain't going down like no punk. A new survivor Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount Plus. Explore the weaponization of rap lyrics in the criminal justice system in the new documentary, As We Speak, Rap Music on Trial. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply.